0: every art and every inquiry, and similarly, every action and pursuit, is thought to aim at some good. And for this reason, the good has rightly been declared to be that at which all things aim. Phew, there's a lot to unpack there. If you're not familiar with this quote, it was written almost 2,400 years ago by the philosopher Aristotle. Now, Whether or not you agree with Aristotle, the question of our purpose and the aim of our lives is something I think we should all explore for ourselves. There's a problem though. Do you have time to sit down and read and fully understand his work? Would you have wanted to? Maybe, but for me, not at the expense of sports when I was younger, spending time with friends in college, or catching up on sleep as a medical student. All those things are good, but how did they fit into the good that Aristotle talks about? I couldn't have told you. The thing is, we should have time to think about the bigger questions. And I'd argue we need the time. Whether you want to ponder the meaning of life, travel the world, learn a new hobby, or simply reconnect with your family, many of us feel like we don't have the time. We want to change that. And while we won't quite be on Aristotle's level, we'll be taking some time each week to talk about the important parts of life. It's time to press pause so we can refocus on what life is all about. Welcome to the first ever episode of Doorward Thinking. I'm your host, Nate LeBlanc, and I'm here with my friends in the startup game seeking better ways to think about life and work. Each week, we'll open a new door in our search for clarity as we consider the intersections of art, science, and the human spirit. With me today in the St. Louis studio is our group Sparkplug and resident techie. Welcome to the show, Steve.
1: Hey, Nate. How's it going? Oh, fantastic.
0: You pumped? You ready for this? I'm ready to do it. And our resident philosopher and team builder, Daniel Jacob Bison, a.k.a. Jake. Welcome to the show, Dan.
2: Yo, Nate. Good to be here, man.
0: And today, from the birthplace of rock and roll, new to the startup game and to fatherhood, Peter Costanzo. Welcome to the show, Pete.
3: Hey, Nate. Good to be here from across, uh, across the way here in the United States.
0: So it's really exciting to be here today and to introduce a new show to all of you. Uh, we hope you listeners find it interesting and valuable. And um, we were just talking a little bit earlier, being on a podcast and producing it and hosting it is something I've wanted to do for a few years now. So this is like a dream come true moment for me. So I'm excited. We're all pumped. We're all ready to go. You guys have been having conversations like this for a while, right?
2: That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I, I don't exactly know uh, how when it started, but the doorward thinking Fridays just became a thing. And it's been
1: awesome. Mm-hmm. So so Doorward Thinking, what, what's that to you guys? Doorward Thinking is really stepping back from the week that we've had and really focusing on the things that matter. And that could be things from family and fatherhood, just to kicking back and talking just about whatever we want. I think the first episode was... what was that first episode about pete (laughs) what were we planning there gosh it
3: seems it seems so long ago but um we easily got off on tangents for sure because we were talking about ideas and big picture things things a lot bigger than us that's that's for sure um man but it seems like so long ago that we we were doing that just to. Like Nate said, press pause from the craziness of life and step back and be junior philosophers.
2: Sometimes the weeks go by so quickly. You think it's Monday, next thing you know, it's Thursday afternoon and we're saying, where did it go? And so those like minutes together at the end of the week were just awesome to remember why we're here and what we're doing.
0: Because the startup game is, like, a really fast-paced place. There's things happening with the business just, like, nonstop throughout the day. New developments, uh, hiccups, surprises, good things, rough things. And it's just, like, that time is really important to just take a step back and relax. Kind of process everything,
2: yeah? For sure. I mean, there's so much noise, the busyness of life in general, let alone the startup world. And... uh how much more important than, given how busy it is to, to to take that time,
0: and this isn't something that's just happening in the startup game either. This is, you know, being faced by every American. It seems like just the time constraint that we have to make sure we get everything done. Uh, there was a statistic that was brought up not too long ago by a Gallup poll that says that only fifteen percent of people are feeling engaged at their work and. So not only are they spending a whole lot of time doing these really mundane tasks that's taking them away from some of the other things they want to do, like spending time with family, developing hobbies, or even just taking time to rest, they're not even engaged with their work. Dan, do you want to talk about that a little bit?
2: Well, I mean, this is it has been a trend, right? Uh, you see people quitting their jobs in record numbers. Um, and... I mean, what a tragedy to me. We spend the majority of our hours, I mean, people talk about this, you know, Simon Sinek, others, majority of our hours of the day working. And the fact that you don't feel any kind of connection to this, this is a huge issue. Pete, you have mentioned before that the
0: industry that you came from was very high stress level sometimes.
3: Definitely. Um, And if I said sometimes, I meant all the time. Um, but that was the nature of the beast. Yeah, It just, it, it simply was, you know, uh, international business and being in sales customer service and a very, you know, safety dependent line of work um, where the work that I'm doing or not doing can impact someone's health and well-being and their life. You just always have to be as available as you can. Um, you got to put the customers first. And that's that's okay, but there is an extent. There's there is some balance that can be achieved there, and there's only 24 hours in a day.
0: Sounds like that balance is really tough. Very very tough. So so we're all in the startup game. We're trying to develop and and making strides in developing um, a company. Steve, you've been in the startup scene for a while. Um, what is it about starting up a company that might help somebody to feel like they're getting a sense of that control back.
1: Yeah, it's all about ownership. Um, when you're starting a business and you're trying to tackle something, a big project that you know revolutionizes the world, especially with, with a startup, and that's what entrepreneurship is all about, is trying to revolutionize an industry. And it, it really takes ownership of taking that space and changing it and being that transformation and being that guidepost. So what really comes of that is, Extreme ownership, kind of like Jocko Willink always talks about um, in his book is absolutely phenomenal. But, you know, that's the main piece of really jumping in a startup is just really trying to figure out all the pieces and seeing what um, needs to come together in a puzzle and making sure those things come together.
0: So for people who aren't in the startup game or maybe they just have no desire to to start their own company or whatever, uh, what kinds of things are workers looking for? as they are looking for the right job, Dan.
2: I think we talked about this the other day and you know people go into jobs and they see themselves the way that they view their life as a living, breathing, dynamic, changing person who's growing in all sorts of ways, adding new skills, has dreams, you know, for the future, all the different places that they want to, you know, take their life or their career or whatever. And oftentimes it seems like the companies, the employers, don't see them that same way. They see them as, you know, okay, you're here, right, and just be here and do this job really well and stay here because if you move or if you change anything, it just creates more work and more problems for us. They see the person, the employee sees themselves as this living dynamic creature versus the employer season really, it was like this cog in the machine, that, that tension is what causes a lot of the problem, maybe leads to some of this disengagement.
0: Great, you bring that up. Sadal Neely from the Harvard Business School, she said that what we're seeing right now is a national reassessment of our priorities at work. And like you were just saying, if something changes, then it's not gonna work for the employer. But we've seen a lot of change in the past year and a half since, I mean, you know, since, since the start of the pandemic if these priorities aren't being met, where are all these people going? Because, you know, we see it all over the place. People are hiring, there's a worker shortage. We have container ships being outside the ports uh, because there's not enough space, not enough workers to bring those containers in. Do we know where these people are going?
3: I actually, um, I replied to a a tweet this morning to answer this uh, almost very question. Uh, Grant Cardone asked, why do you think 4.3 million people quit their jobs? And to be concise, I'll just read this verbatim. I said, because people collectively realize there are so many other ways to make money in 2021. Instead of working for someone who caps their wages for the sake of managing the bottom line, they decided to take matters into their own hands with the hashtag entrepreneurship. I think with the digital space that we live in now, There is a ton of ways to have a livelihood, and I think people did discover their creativity, whether it be affiliate marketing, selling NFTs, day trading. There's so many tools out there that they can use to automate certain pieces of work, and then the responsibility falls on them to self-manage. People just don't like being told what to do. And then you couple that with stagnant wages and really hard work. People are going to get creative. Humans are creative by nature. So I think that's what's contributing to that great resignation that we're that we've been been seeing.
1: I think on top of that, the ability to quickly learn and retool is accessible to everyone nowadays, thanks to the internet. And you know if you see an industry that you're like and you're interested in, you know, you go study something for a couple months now and, you know, you can ideally break into a new field like that. So it's not a completely new challenge to go into something. Just because it's new to you doesn't mean it's going to be hard or anything. So people are able to move from, say, something like real estate to healthcare.
0: Yeah, and, and that doesn't mean that it has to be anything, like, super technical or super skilled. Uh, I just saw a statistic today that there are 4.36 million sellers on Etsy, uh, like, kind of that arts and craft and other services store uh, online in 2020. And there were 2.7 million sellers in 2019. So in the same period we're talking about, that's a 67% increase. And years before that, it was around a steady 20%. So a lot of people went on to that. It's it's not just people who, you know, want to develop an app or have a specific technical skill people could really find outlets for all forms of creativity today.
2: That's fascinating. Um, it's almost like, a, I mean, Etsy created a platform by which people could create and showcase their creativity.
0: Pete, a little bit ago, you brought up the great resignation. Uh, mm-hmm. And yeah, we're, we're seeing about 4 million people quit their jobs each month. And I saw an article today from The Atlantic, and they said that the rate's actually increasing uh, more people are quitting this past August and September than in the beginning of the year. All these people are looking for jobs. And there's a quote by an HR rep for one company. She says that when she's interviewing people, they're talking about the job and what they want. They're asking her what's next. So like after their first few years, what kind of growth opportunities are there for them? They, they don't want to be a tech for 20 or so years. Uh, mm-hmm. So... People are really looking to grow Dan what what do you think about human growth through their work? It's everything
2: uh, I mean it's not everything through the work per se, but having that growth mindset is everything uh, otherwise you know, I think that the drive is gonna be gone, right That's why even in the interview process they're they're asking what's next, right? They want to know what the future is. I think they're asking like for the first time, maybe for a little bit of loyalty to be shown to them, right, invest in me as an employee, I can, right, I know everybody's quitting their jobs, I know there's this great resignation, that there's a labor shortage, there's, you know, there's not enough workers to go around, that everybody's trying to hire, you know, you walk down the street of restaurants, they're all trying to hire, right, so when you, when you go in for that interview, they're looking like, hey, are you going to invest in me? It might take more time. It might take more investment of the human resources staff. You might have to hire more human resources people or train your managers to think this way, to, to understand you know, how people develop. And is that so much to ask on behalf of these employers?
1: What do you think, Steve? Absolutely not. I think that's just a requirement for today. You got to be focused on the progression of each individual. It's growth or decay in everybody's life, and you got to make sure people are always, you know, at least growing in some way, shape, or form, whether that's their family formation, or maybe it is their career. But whatever, you know, they care about, make sure that you guys are addressing that, making sure that they continually improve those conditions.
2: Yeah, it's like going to the gym. If you're not working out, increasing, at least, you know, maintaining your muscle mass, like, they are going to decrease. It's just... That's just how it works. Actually, I just was thinking as you were saying that about a friend of a friend of mine got a new job, so they quit their old job. We're all excited, it was gonna be work from home, send the laptop in the mail, everything else, all the access, getting ready to go. The day before the job is supposed to start, they get a message from this corporation, which we will not name, saying, sorry, the position's been terminated you know, please mail your laptop back to us or please mail our laptop back to us. I mean, that's insane. This is, but this, this is what we see out there that corporations don't see the employees the same way that the employee sees themselves. So there's a disconnect. Total disconnect.
0: That mm-hmm.
2: tension. And this is what a lot of people are seeing and feeling, putting names to it. You know, the great shuffle, the great resignation, whatever—they're they're definitely feeling the tension. You can see that corporations are feeling that way, definitely getting desperate. You know, you see, you know, Lyft or Uber—you know, fifteen hundred—if you make like your first ride, I mean, that seems like a move of desperation to me.
0: Yeah, um, when I when I stopped med school this past spring, I hopped onto Instacart right away. Uh, just like, okay, I need to make some money, pay the bills. I, I don't know what is going to happen, but at least this can give me some income. And uh, yeah, there's all kinds of promotion deals because they need workers. But it got to a point where the, the promotion or the prospect of bringing in a few extra dollars per grocery one run just wasn't enough. There were more parts of my life that weren't being taken care of. So, you know, I'll, I'll open it up to anybody here. How do we fix it?
3: That's deep, Nate. I think there's a lot of answers that could come from that very open-ended question.
0: That's why I asked it.
3: But, but I think, well, there, here we are and what we're thinking. I think that it's, uh, you know, it ties back to what Dan was talking about a little bit. Um, there's got to be a paradigm shift with employers and they need to they need to recognize that two-way street of loyalty if you have managers and supervisors directors in place to help guide and grow the employees and asterisks to that the employees need to be in that growth mindset that dan was talking about if they're willing to grow and they're looking for it and they're coupled with someone who's understanding that if they do that, it's going to be extremely valuable to an organization in the long run, whether it be an employer, a sports franchise, however you want to look at it. That relationship needs to be maintained beyond signing a pay stub. There has to be more than that.
2: I really like the, uh, the four H's of Kevin Stefanski, the head coach of the Browns. And it seems to me that by digging into those, he not only wants to understand, you know, where they came from, but also, you know, where are they going, right? Taking that time to invest in them, like you're saying, Pete, it's that recognition of their personhood, in a sense, much, much larger than, you know, recognizing that they're much larger than this particular position, right? And I think that's part of what entrepreneurship is is so attractive is— This idea, they're able to put more of all of them into this thing, not just the part that the corporation wants them to put in. Steve,
0: we were having a conversation uh, just yesterday, actually. Uh, We were talking about the role of AI. Do you think AI is another way that we could solve some of these problems?
1: I think that's one piece that's coming into the equation that everybody needs to keep their head on. AI and robotics, everybody's aware of these technologies. They're right around the corner of, quote, replacing everybody's job, but we're going to have to start thinking about new ways of working with robots and AI and what kind of jobs and all that. What, what do things look like in the future? I think a lot of that production time that humans spend on a computer or, you know, flipping burgers, that's going to go down, that's going to decrease, um, and slowly it'll be replaced, but, you know, we have to be preparing for that. We have, it, it's not here just yet, right? We're not implementing these things at this time. People think it's coming. Though. People think it's coming, everybody mm-hmm. sees it. It's, it's clearly right around the corner. And the question is, how do we prepare for all that? And I, I think we're going to have to see a shift in how we value the labor and time spent on activities Seeing if we can't open up, like, time that is spent in production, right? We spend 40 hours working a week, right? That's the average. Past that, you start getting overtime and whatnot. So when you're thinking about it, clearly that 40-hour work week is going to decrease. And I think we should start playing around with lowering what that requirement is so that we can free up people's time, you know, with their families or on other training activities to develop themselves as humans.
2: Are you saying that there's
1: shortage now, but there'll be surplus soon? Absolutely, absolutely. I think people are waiting for that robot technology to kick in, so we have to figure out how to balance that at the moment. People are quitting right now because everybody's thinking that, oh, well, real robots can take care of it. The AI will take care of sales and all that and marketing. That's why people are quitting? I I guarantee you that's one piece of the equation. How could it be? I mean... Makes it meaningless, yes. And people are feeling meaningless and detached from their work.
2: This is true, but is it really because they think the robot...
1: You're going to tell me it's not a piece of the equation? I'm sure it's a piece of
2: the equation, but how often, how many jobs, the the jobs that people are quitting, how often are they really, like, the robot's ready to do that job?
1: A lot more than you think.
2: Okay. All right. I mean, educate me, please. I don't want to
1: dive. I don't want to dive too much into that. But the case of the matter is, you see it. It's right around the corner. The robots are rolling around. We see it.
2: It's true. You got your robot lawnmower, George. Pretty amazing. Kind of wish I had a George. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's so cool. Uh, as as Milo will definitely uh, acknowledge. But so then, if we free up our time, and yes, like time for family, time for friends. It seems to me that. We can be spending more time on that like ten thousand an hour type of work, the 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 real creativity, the strategy, the writing, the reading, the thinking, the absorbing, you know, reflecting, the the things that will take things to the next <clears throat> level, not just like you were saying, the the sort of menial or mundane tasks that you know are repeatable enough for George, your lawnmower robot to, to take care <laughs> of. But uh <laughs> <laughs> um, how do we prepare people for a world like that? Are you're asking, asking, you're question. asking the questions I mean, now? I thought I, mean, I was the host. No, you're definitely the no, host. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm wondering how – I don't necessarily know exactly how to do that yet.
0: I think it starts by talking, honestly. We've gotten to a point where so many things are production-based. Even the the environment where I was in, we talk about, like, units of care – That you give those units could be anything from having a conversation to you know doing a simple procedure to putting your hand on somebody's knee and asking them to extend the joint to see if there's any wobbling or popping going on in there and it all gets quantified into these units um i think we need to move away from that unit based system of saying you were this many units productive Because like you were saying, this outside-the-box, thinking, creative space, that could be where the majority of our jobs are headed. I don't know that you can quantify creativity. I don't know that you should quantify creativity.
2: Yeah, I mean, it seems to me like, okay, yeah, this will take three hours to do this. Well, you know, who's to say? What if by nine hours you can get something that's way more than three times more effective You know, whether that's communicating a message or, you know, painting actually a picture for somebody, able to kind of dig through the the darkness for somebody, that's more priceless in a sense.
0: And that's that connectivity and technology piece that you were talking about, Steve. It's just we are so connected that these things can grow exponentially in a number of days, minutes even, as we see on some social media platforms, right? Faster than you think. Oh, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. So, you kind of bringing it back into what we're doing, we're all part of a startup. Uh, Dan, you want to tell us a little bit about why you decided to get into the startup game?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, it all goes back to a number of different ideas, and then that one where I realized, if I don't do this, I'm going to regret it for the rest of my life. So, had to get in, had to press the go button, to, this is the one to try, so let's do it. What was
0: that thing that pushed you over the edge that gave you so much passion to say, "I need to do this"?
2: Hmm. Well, now you're asking a, a deeper question. I think. I think it's about magnanimity. Thinking like, well, this time that we've been discussing this whole podcast, you know, limited time, limited time. In the day, in the weeks, you know, things go so fast, limited years on this earth, and, like, why not? Like, why waste it? If this time is this treasure that we have, are we just going to, like, well, oh, miss my chance, you know? Or just, like, seize it. You got to seize the opportunity, because otherwise, you know, it's gone.
0: And uh everybody here you guys started on this road before I did. I've been brought on maybe in the last month or so. So when you were getting together and discussing what this would look like, what kind of values
3: were you pulling from?
0: Pete, can we start with you?
3: Sure. <clears throat> um for me, one of the most immediate ones with the with the timing of of all this was family <laughs> and and being present in their in their life. And that was one that was growing at the at the juncture of me coming on board to doorward, so that that one takes definitely a front seat as I think about uh joining forces with Dan and getting on team doorward what we talked about earlier, this whole conglomeration of ideas of what an organization needs to be doing and thinking about uh maintaining strong relationships i mean that that one was lived out uh, through Dan and I, we've known each other for well beyond a decade, almost pulling up on two, I'm sure. Giving away my age a little bit there, but <laughs> maintaining strong relationships. I mean, you know, that's that's a long time to be close friends with someone. And so, I mean, that is exemplified in, in real life and super important. I mean, totally important. Those two were were my big two, for sure.
1: Steve, what about you? Yeah, I'd say the main value bringing on to Team Doorward would be, you know, the communication and relationships, absolutely. But also I would have to throw in love and wanting the highest and best for everybody that I come in contact with. I think that's one piece that really creates a space for a startup to thrive. And Dan, any other values to add?
2: Steve mentioned ownership before. And I guess we wanna, um, I think it was definitely a value, kind of entrepreneurship as a value coming into this, kind of industriousness, this, um, this effort because you put You want to put the effort into it because you see that it's your own, right? Um, And recognizing that you can only do that if you really want to, right? I know I'm kind of blurring a couple things here, but I guess the, the principle behind all of that, what I was trying to excavate right there was freedom, right? Like we, freedom, like allow people to make choices, right? Whether it's you know, employees or customers, et cetera. So this means transparency. This means simplicity. This means giving people options so they can choose, right? And I, I think that builds right back into, you know, Steve's value there, right? Heart, love, right? You, you can't do that unless you're free, right? You can't be forced to love. It just doesn't work. That's deep. That's deep.
0: The company in question, Doorward, uh, is a social real estate company. How does social real estate take into account all of the values that we were just discussing?
2: Yeah, I mean, if you think about the real estate industry as a whole, it is the most referral-driven industry out there. Everybody's relying on your personal recommendations, right? Even though there are all kinds of directors online, you know, everybody is kind of trading resources in a sense. There are asking people that they know and trust for a recommendation for somebody that that person knows and trusts. And I think you know, Pete mentioned you know, relationships, right? And so social real estate is all about honoring, respecting the relationships that people naturally have, whatever their business is in social real estate, whether you're a realtor or you're a lender, you're an investor, you're making that happen because of those relationships, right? And by respecting them, we allow them to leverage them. There's so many other platforms out there that don't allow them to actually leverage their own relationships, things that they own, right? We talked about ownership, like this is yours. This is your network. It's the most powerful thing that you own. Go ahead, like leverage it, like You don't have to ask us for permission.
0: (laughs) It's yours, right? Steve, I think the listeners are getting to know that you're really big into technology. So how does DoorWords technology allow the user to take ownership in their relationships?
1: Yeah, so we've got a lot of things coming down the pike that I don't want to say just yet. But really leveraging um, your relationships, you know people who know people, and you got to find those connections sometimes when you want to explore a new city. You know, you want to find out, for example, you know, hey, what's the best restaurant? Well, you kind of need a friend to get that reference for you. And so making little connections like that on the platform, just by virtue of, oh, hey, I know Tommy. Tommy's also in a group in Cincinnati. Um, Look over there. Hey, he knows, Tommy knows, X, Y, or Z. So those relationships, that, those one hops, you can build a community anywhere in the world.
0: And that's immediate on the platform. You can just connect with somebody and get that referral like you were saying or do whatever you need to do. Pete, what do you bring to Team Doorward and how do you contribute to social real estate?
3: What do I bring to Team Doorward? Well, <clears throat> Not much. Oh, come on. Don't say that. <laughs> I kid. Uh, well, I have a I have a sales and customer service background. Um, and I come from uh, the industry that I was talking about earlier, uh, while very engaged and it can be stressful at times, highly rewarding. Um, and that's where I really learned about relationship selling. And so I feel like with the referral piece that Dan was mentioning earlier, Um, I feel like I'm really able to grasp that concept and speak their language because I I have a very strong grip on what relationships can mean in the sales world Um, and putting two and two together and seeing what that looks like in the real estate landscape as well. Um, I've had a ton of conversations with all types of individuals in the real estate industry. I'm just trying to dunk myself in really with a drastic switch and, see what they have going on, learn from them, talk to them, hear from them. And I'll tell you, they are, almost all of them are willing to have a conversation with you and and then, and then maintain it. Um, it's very refreshing. People just like to stay connected in this industry and I, I'm not in it yet per se through doorward I am. Um, but it's just, it's nice to have this new, uh, this new Rolodex. And have all these great connections it's wonderful friends even yeah
0: so dan what can somebody do with the power of harnessing all these connections somebody who wants to get in the real estate game what, what can they really accomplish
2: hmm. well the way that you asked that uh, made me think of two things first create something of their own a lot of people we and we know people like this college uh, classmates of Pete and I quitting their nine to fives and going into real estate because they can make something of their own, right? And how is that going to happen? Well, they don't know everything they need to know. They're, they're not an expert. They're, they're an amateur, basically. So you got to crowdsource that information more or less, right? So harnessing those relationships actually allows them to kind of gain the knowledge that they need on a, on a day-to-day basis in a new industry, or like Steve was saying, whether they're going to a new city to do something, right? Maybe they're already, already on their feet in the, in the new business. The second thing that came to mind when you asked that question about harnessing the power of relationship, and I would say it's that multiplier effect. The days are too short to just try to keep up. It's this rat race, this rat race that we're all trying to get out of, and you have to get the multiplier effect going, otherwise it ain't gonna happen, right? I experienced this when starting this company. It was only when I started actually like working with people that things just start moving faster and faster. And for a while, for a while, I was kind of you know head down alone. And now with
0: everybody working together, it's going so fast
3: (laughs) yeah speed of doorward uh the speed of doorward i experienced that a little bit um being on the fringes uh dan letting me participate (coughs) in this project from the sidelines as a uh, as the peanut gallery basically um you know just watching the progression of the speed ramp up and ramp up and then just hit a hockey stick as we get grounded with this newfound team that we have. Um, so that was kind of cool to see that, to see that speed of door to actually hit that Mach 1. So that was that was something cool for me to see on the timeline.
0: You know, the fact that everything is going so fast right now. Pete, you talk about the image of we're at the top of the roller coaster and mm-hmm. we're getting ready to just take that plunge down. As a group, we're taking time out to have sessions like this and to really chat but individually, uh, what are some of the things that we are doing to kind of take a step back and rest and not get too caught up in the speed?
1: <laughs> I don't know if I'm the best example to go to. I like to pick up projects around the house.
0: <laughs> projects that you own.
1: Projects that I that own, you can yeah. do for yourself. Yeah, that I can do for myself. Yeah. Yeah, that, and I like to go on a lot of hikes. So Fantastic.
3: Pete, what are you up to? Well, as a a new dad, a lot of the um, what would be free time is uh, dedicated to my one-year-old son, um, which is great. I am not by no means am I complaining, Um, but that is time for me to be present with him. And that really gives me a sense of like a breath of fresh air really um <clears throat> where i'm not getting too much screen time um where i'm i'm so sucked in that i'm not paying attention to things um you know spending time with him whether it's just if we go outside on a walk we take the dogs um you know or we're we're going for a little joy ride you know um it's just good to get away and be with him to get my perspective back in order, and what we've been talking about <laughs> work and life um, so he's policing me, and I'm totally okay with that.
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we love the little guy, Dan, what do you do?
2: Yes, there are things outside of work, and you know I love them all, you know, going to the park and reading or whatever, the hikes, et cetera. But some of it is like this idea of, you know, reframing the work itself, right, to, to find the, the joy in that, to see the opportunities of, you know, each challenge as, as a moment to discover the magic. And that reframing, as it's called in certain circles, you know, CBT or whatever, right, allows, like, all of a sudden, like, what what went from like a moment of I can't do this or this is hard or whatever to all of a sudden like a like shock of energy, right? Yeah kind of writes that uncenteredness, dive back into the fray. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, I don't know how I can follow that up, but uh I I'm really taking to cooking and baking. Hmm. Like and and Cooking for others. Hmm. So like having friends over or uh, taking my portable pizza oven over to somebody's place and being like, hey, yeah, we're going to do this. Um, And it just gives me a lot of joy, even though some people might consider that work, you know, like in air quotes, it really is so rewarding to produce something that is not only fun to produce, but that other people are able to appreciate and to bond over and uh, really provide a time for people to just unwind and relax and be people again outside of that workplace.
2: Yeah, man. Having experienced one of those, totally solid. I'll
3: tell you what, when I see Nate with that portable pizza oven, I experience a lot of joy too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time for sure. All right. Well, We covered a lot of ground today, boys.
2: Wow. Didn't realize the robots were coming in.
0: (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for being here. Uh, We really appreciate this time together. And uh, listeners, thank you for being with us today. Uh, Dan, do you have any last words to say before we wrap it up? Dude, let's just keep on going doorward.
1: Keep
3: moving. Keep moving forward. Movement is life. And a thank you to all of our listeners today. Super excited to be on this surreal journey.
0: That'll do it for us here. If you enjoy discussions like this one we had today, please subscribe to Doorward Thinking and hear us weekly on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you have a comment or an idea for a future episode, please let us know via email at podcast at doorward.com. We do read and respond to every comment and question if you can't wait more great doorward thinking content with myself dan steve and pete is going to be available at the doorward thinking blog at doorward.com/doorwardthinking. and i know i speak for everyone here at team doorward when i say that we are looking forward to getting to know you and producing content that will inspire and enable you to lead a life where you are at your best if you or someone you know is interested in real estate and doorward please visit or recommend DoorWord.com and check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll be back next week with our episode, The Why of Work, where we'll be discussing the importance of work in our lives and how work helps us to attain the means by which we can become our fullest selves. Till next time, I'm your host, Nate LeBlanc, reminding you to get back to living.